Well, that is our theme song, and that means our show is about to begin. That means it's 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's New York time for y'all. Here's the deal. If you're not checking in on the Facebook, this is Pals, by the way. If you're not checking in on the Facebook, on the live stream, uh, you're not seeing my buddy Jovi dancing to our theme song. So I think um, if you haven't checked in on Facebook, you should check in on Facebook. But if you're traveling and you can't get to the Facebook, you can always check out Professionals and Animal Lovers Show on talkradio.nyc. Uh, and if you are able to check it on Facebook, it's Talking Alternative Broadcasting. That voice that you may recognize from Friday morning, well, that's my voice. I'm Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, host of Philanthropy and Focus, and co-host of this here Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Uh, each week, we're going to get together at 2 p.m. and shine a light on the need for advocacy in the animal world, in the animal kingdom. Um, you know, this isn't a, a situation where... Uh, I know all that much about, to be honest with you. I'm learning constantly, and I'm getting exposed to videos and, and uh, information that I had no awareness about. So, so if you're at a high-level animal advocate, very well-informed like my pal Valerie, check in with us. If you're like me and you really don't know what you're in for, get on the roller coaster, sit next to me, and enjoy the ride because I'm learning a bunch. And we're only they, Val, they like us. They really like us. They brought us back. This is episode <laughs> number two of the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. And I just want to tell you who we are, what we're about, and, and then I'll let Val. Well, the Long Island Railroad is here. It comes in and visits with me throughout many of my shows and many of my meetings. And I was told uh, if there's an elephant in the room, name it. So that's the Long Island Railroad you hear behind me. So look, this show is all about focusing on professionals who love animals, care about animals, and nonprofit organizations, charities who are focused on animal advocacy. So we want to amplify the message that the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. We've seen it. And Valerie will tell you kind of where it all came from, what this show really came from in a second. But we want to support one another in business and build compassionate networks together. So everyone wins, especially the animals, especially the animals win. Uh, we will achieve and continue to create community by hosting this weekly show, and we will bring on organizations that focus on protecting, sheltering, and advocating for animals, and obviously the professionals who care about animals. Look, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I'm super excited to be doing this, Val, with you, my comrade, my pal. Val, Valerie Heffron, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, so first of all, I wanted to wish everyone who celebrates and observes <laughs> The Jewish holidays, along with Jovi. Here's his little yarmulke, a Lashana Tova. Lashana Tova. A sweet new year to us all, especially the animals. Um, okay, that's not going to stay on. <laughs> <laughs> this, this animal is really decked out. Like, did he come with all this stuff? It's like, you know, like when you buy like a, like when my daughters have a Barbie doll, it comes like all the gear. Did he come with a yarmulke? And a, and a he did not. He did not. He okay. did not. <laughs> But, um, you know, before I forget to even mention, my name is Valerie Heffron. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to have our guest, Tina Trasser, on today, who is an award-winning uh, journalist, a filmmaker, and her documentary, Catnip Nation, um, she's been gener generous enough to say that she's going to give out 10 uh, copies, DVD copies, to the first 10 people who share this podcast. So if you're one of the first 10, we're going to PM you or we'll find you and we're going to ask you for your address and we'll have them shipped out. We'll have it shipped out to you so you can enjoy this incredible documentary for free. Um, other thing I have to mention is our, uh, our company, Work Be Done, a relatively new startup company. It's a gig and marketplace company. Uh, is a sp it sponsors this show along with Tommy DeMisa. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to really highlight compassionate people who are in business. They have a for-profit company and or a rescue 501c advocacy group. So our goal is to get people and support them who uh, we want them to be successful because they're compassionate towards the animals. And to also, of course, um, you know, get support and garner attention for great causes. So, without any further ado, um, Tommy, would you please take the great pleasure of introducing our fabulous guest? Gina, we're psyched to have you here, but I am going to do kind of reading a little bit to, to kind of set the stage. So, 
I, I mean, I watched the trailer like seven times this morning. I don't know if that's <laughs> to watching the actual documentary. So I do need to watch the full doc at some point soon. But here's what I learned. Would you risk arrest, arrest that is for a cat, a stray cat? Would you disassociate yourself from your longtime political allies, political allies and upset your status quo to protect cats? Stray cats. Again, this isn't even your house cat. This isn't your own family pet. Would you do this? Well, there's a lot more to be said, but the heroes, that is heroes of Catnip Nation, have done all of these things and many, many more to take care of the cats who really, as we know, cannot take care of themselves when they're on the street. Uh, Tina's going to tell us probably some statistics shortly about how many cats and numbers that I heard on this <laughs> on the uh, on the trailer were insane. I think it was more cats that live on the streets than actually are house pets, if I'm not mistaken. So, Tina is a socially conscious, award-winning journalist, author, and filmmaker, and her award-winning documentary, Catnip Nation, was co-produced and edited by Lenin Narcesian. Now, they made this documentary to shed a light on the crisis of feral cats. So, trap, neuter, and release is one solution to deal with this issue, but there are many individuals that are out there fighting and protecting on behalf of these four-legged friends that can't protect themselves. Tina, welcome to the show. Welcome to Pals. Welcome virtually to my attic, which is where my home base is. Oh, is that Jovi? It's Jovi. Welcome. Jovi is saying welcome as well. Um, Tina, welcome to the show. How are you? Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate um, being here. It's great to be here with fellow animal lovers. Um, That is always, uh, that's always a privilege right there. And uh, that's always um, a guarantee that I know that I'm in good company. So thank you for having me on the show today. You're welcome. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the crisis of feral cats. I want to talk a little bit about TNR. I want to talk about Catnip Nation. And I want to talk about our nation in general. Um, Let's start with feral cats. If you ask 10 people on the street, um, what's a feral cat? What's a cat colony? Or have you ever heard of of TNR, trap, neuter, return? I really think that you'd get maybe a 30% um, response of people who, who know what that is. And if they do know what it is, there's also a good chance that they're probably 50 years old or over. We have crisis in this country that is it is not unique to this country it's a crisis of the world which is that we have an overpopulation of cats but unlike geese or deer <laughs> we're talking about an animal that lives in that nether world or can live in that nether world between domestication and wild but unlike most wild animals. Um, those of us who live with cats, love cats, and, and, and those of us who have cats that fill our lives recognize um, the, the pain and the hardship uh, when it is brought to our attention, when there is perspective given that there are cats living in large groups from 10 to 60 in places Every in every single village, in every single town, in every single state across the country, um, they start as two. They reproduce. <laughs> they the reproduction goes unchecked, and they end up literally forming what are called colonies behind supermarkets, um, along rivers. Uh, in back of um, developments, in condos, uh, anywhere where they can carve out a small piece of the world for themselves. In some circumstances, they fend for themselves in these colonies and they aren't going to live very long because they're, they're, they're depending on nature. Um, but what, it is, what has happened, and this is, this is decades old, this is not something new, people, pass by these colonies because in general, these colonies are where we live. Uh, It's where we throw out garbage. 
it's where we, we it's where we habituate and and therefore so do they just as they just as cats have done for 10,000 years that is in fact how they became domesticated by living side by side with us so in these feral colonies across the country um it, it, often and inevitably somebody with a heart for animals sees them knows that they are there and this is where the slippery slope begins because at, at the at the very um most superficial level somebody out of the goodness of their heart will start feeding them and maybe giving and giving them water and that might be enough to keep them alive and and to let help them survive but we but people who who end up in this world typically eventually um hear about or understand trap neuter return which is to um take the cats uh two at a time four at a time whatever however they can be trapped to have them fixed to have them vaccinated and then to return in place so that they can live out their lives um with some dignity in the ideal world the way tnr works <laughs> is that a colony will will it it's almost like it has an invisible border and if nobody can reproduce the colony in theory will age out the cats you know will be, be able to thrive as as best they can um because they're partially being cared for and eventually they'll live a shorter life on the street as they tend to maybe 8 or 10 years old unlike say a house cat that can live twice as long um and and you know that's sort of their best uh fate so to speak i just asked you a quick question tina i read a stat um the other day and it basically said that most cats that are born outside so now we're talking kittens don't survive until they don't even live a year do you think that's correct i i think i think that can be correct i think that if the mother abandons them and they're not being fed they can't survive on their own I think mm-hmm. if you know it used to be that the spring was kitten season and right. now the rescues will tell you that kittens are born all year round all year round so if a kitten is coming into the world you know in in the cold harsh and harsh weather and let's say I mean, we won't even get into climate change but I mean look right. look at you know look at all the unpredictability of the climate to to add into this and to your point earlier when you were naming some of the places that are common uh to host if you will these colonies of cats um a landfill is another one and you know that is actually what kind of reeled be in to the animal advocacy world was the landfill cats of oceanside new york which was one of three highlighted areas um locations in your catnip nation documentary um Tommy real quick how are we doing on time right now? Yeah, we're about to go to a break now, Val, but we okay. do is why don't we set up when we come back because what I'm going to okay. do is break for those of you listening on Facebook is I'm going to share the website. So, um Tina, okay. I'm going to share uh passionriver.com/catnipnation that so, so people can get a check out on that. Is that the best place to share? It's uh the best place to that's our distributor, but the best place to look at it would just be catnipnation.com on our website. Perfect. Okay. Cool. All right. So I'm going to share that. So Val, you're teasing everybody with this whole thing with like uh where what was the last area? Where was it again? Oceanside, New York. <laughs> and what, what what was it? Landfill? Landfill, yeah. That so, was uh, yep. So listen, this is going to be when we come back to be the story about the red kayak, a landfill, Oceanside, <laughs> Long Island, New York. Tina Trasser is here. Val is here and your buddy Tommy D is here. This is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. song. I feel like I'm, I'm meditating. I feel very chill, very zen here in my attic. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. we'll be here. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. I'm Tommy D, co-hosting with Val, my buddy, my pal, Val, Valerie Heffron, and Tina Trasser is here. Before we jump right back into our conversation, which takes us through a red kayak, Oceanside, New York, and a landfill. That should be like the name of a band. Um, I want to give a <laughs> shout out on Facebook to Sandy Adelson, Seafried, she says, Hi, Jovi, Lashana Tova, Tika Tuvu. I'm sorry, Sandy, and I'm sorry to all my Jewish friends if I screwed that up too bad. Um, so she says, I shared it on Facebook. She says, Love the show. All my ferals are TNR. Yes, I, she's telling us this. Yes, I am over 50. LOL. Shout out to you, Sandy. Thanks for checking in on the show. We appreciate you. Happy New Year, Lashana Tova. And also, what I would say is I think we owe you a DVD so that we'll have to, uh, we'll take care of that. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of the logistics after the show. Welcome back, gang. This is Pals. Each week we're amplifying the message on animal advocacy and those who are on the front lines. Valerie, where were we? We were in Oceanside. What's going on? Okay. So I'll be brief, but um, first of all, hi, Sandy. Thank you so much. Um, we, m- myself and now my husband and fiance, um, you know, we're minding our own business. We were blissfully unaware of these um, horrific situations unfolding around us locally. And then um, a viral video caught my attention of a man who uh, used to work at the Oceanside Landfill. His name is Stanley Lombardo. And it was a plea in, in the dog days of summer, July something to to protests because he had been caring for a colony of cats for like 15 years because he worked there and he even went on his days off, even like on Christmas and he would feed them and give them fresh water twice a day. Um, So after he retired in January, he had a political falling out. And we always try to emphasize this, that um, animal welfare is 100% political. These decisions are rendered from your elected officials. So imagine this, you care for anything. I don't care if it's a plant for 15 years. And then one day you're suddenly told you're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to come onto this property. And even though at that time it was public and open to the public property, you're not allowed to feed your cats. You're not allowed to give them water. You're not allowed to see them or you're going to get arrested. So that blew me away. And um, I went to a protest over there and I met Diane Madden, who's a huge animal advocate. And she just sucked me in. You know, she made me realize this isn't over after this protest. And she was so right. But fortunately, this story also caught the attention of Tina Traster, who was in the middle of producing and directing this very documentary. So she added this particular plight to that uh, repertoire of stories that she needed to convey 
um, in her documentary. So Tina, take it away. I, I get, oh, the kayak. I'm sorry. So the kayak, well, kayak is, I kayaked over to <laughs> this property um, after we were told we were shut out. The public wasn't allowed to go check on these animals. Everyone was freaking out. You know, are they being fed? Do they have fresh water? So I kind of, I did risk arrest, but I looked into it and I was told it was a $250 fine, which I was willing to do. And they actually have me in the trailer, you know, kayaking over. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, what, what, what you said, what you say in the film um, is, am I willing to get arrested and go to jail to save one cat? Yes, I am. And um you know, we, 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 the, the thing is, is that uh, Valerie, you and I, we, we lived through um, Stanley's crisis, which became a crisis for all of us in real time. You know, yeah. we saw how um, this man was um, parted from a group of cats that he considered to be his own um, and what it did to him and how it wore him down and how it got him to change political parties and, and, and invest new hope. <laughs> in a in a different candidate because he understood um, yeah, that yeah. this is political, and you know that is that is actually you know when I when I tell people about this film I say this film is not really about cats as much as it's about people in politics and people and the law. Um, in in all three of our main stories that we tell the protagonist or the pair of protagonists in the case of our Kansas, uh, we have a Kansas couple, uh, an elderly couple from Kansas. Um, in, in all three cases, uh, these good Samaritans who were just going along and, and doing something that was so obscure, which was feeding cats, a thankless job that, that, you know, they never asked to be thanked for. <laughs> and suddenly they find themselves in, a, in the political or legal fight of their lives. Yep. And, and they're willing to do it because they have so much conviction and so much heart invested in these creatures who, you know, are essentially, I mean, they're not wild animals completely, but these are not animals that sit on their couches at night. So effectively, these are people who are taking care of animals that are living outdoors. Now, I, I wanted to make a point about this, though. So on a global level, okay, <laughs> what we have is an army of soldiers nationwide who are out there in the trenches fighting this fight. The fight is to, to on the one side, is just to help these creatures survive, and on the uh, other side... Okay. Go ahead, sorry. Am I okay? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's to it's it's to fend off all of the forces, the development pressure, the politician that doesn't get it, the neighbor that's that's pissy, the threat of poison, which which is a real threat. Um, all, all of all of these fights that they take on. But the thing that I that I want to say, and I think about this all the time because I myself got involved in in activism too through this film for uh, for a time. Uh, here in where I live, upstate New York. And what's missing, while we have an army of soldiers, what we don't have is a general. We, we do not have a leader, a, let's say, a national voice. Let's say a celebrity to, to carry the mantle. Yeah. Um, something that is, something that is something or someone that is able to take the message to the masses. Because the whole problem with our feral cat problem and feral cat crisis is that it's a crisis that does not exist in plain sight. That most people don't know about it because by their very nature, ferals are reclusive and they look to live, you know, beyond yeah. their sight line. Yeah. Yeah, they live in the shadows. They live behind buildings. They live under boardwalks as they do um, in New Jersey. Uh, which was the set one of one of one of three stories that we told. Uh, um, the hero in that instance was a, a gentleman named Ken Salerno, who um, had worked with a national organization, Alley Cat Allies, to erect a model TNR program. He encountered a change of political whims, a change of administration, 
And in one fell swoop, um, everything that had been that was building to reduce the colony size, to feed the cats, and to manage the colonies and keep everything under control, it was it was all it was all taken down by an ordinance. Didn't they threaten to arrest just also? Of course. There's yeah. there's no there's nobody there's nobody <laughs> in this world who when, when they really stand up to the forces that doesn't find their way interacting in the world of of politics, policing, uh yeah. the courts, um you know, condo disputes. So so right. dealing with condo boards. <laughs> and so I just want to interject for one second, Tina, because everything that you're saying, I couldn't agree with everything you're saying more. But also, I think it's important to highlight for people who are not cat lovers, there's a lot of people who don't like cats. They're afraid of them or they are allergic to them or, you know, whatever. Or they're a dog person. You know, people say I'm a dog person. Right. Why should they care? I I think it's imperative for those people to understand why TNR and the humane way to handle this situation is important. Why you shouldn't just pour antifreeze into some cat food and put it in your backyard, besides the fact that that's a completely despicable act and illegal, at least here. Yeah, illegal, yeah. And but, illegal. but, you know, the, the thing okay, it's So a, it's, it's a humanitarian issue. Yeah, right. and it's, it's also, a, it's but it's. It's also a cultural issue where I know some people like they're old school and they're like, well, that's how we, my grandfather handled it. They look, consider them to be like vermin. But, but in addition to all of that, you know, first of all, as a taxpayer, you should understand that these programs are paid for. It's part of what your tax dollars go to is to, to have this humane uh, ability to contain and, uh, and eliminate reproduction. The other thing, though, is that, you know, cats are hunters. So the more the population explodes, the more that it's going to impact, they're going to find the turtle doves. They're going to find, you know, the other thing, the other creatures, if you will, that you actually want around in your backyard. Uh, So I feel the need to kind of explain that a little. So I I have a question because, again, I'm I'm always going to be on the other side of this, not understanding what you guys understand. And I think some of our listeners are going to come from that same school of thought or that same angle. And I just don't I don't I don't get it. So are we trying because that that last comment in Val that we're concerned that they might go after other species. Are we trying we're trying to protect these animals, it sounds like. But we're also trying to decrease their numbers at the same time. Right. Right. So mainly, yes, mainly. So the so the objective here and, and we're going to go to break in a second here. But uh, the objective here is. Let's protect these animals mainly. Let's keep them going. But at the same time, let's not um, let's do whatever we can to decrease the numbers, because then they become a threat to other animals. Right. So there's a it's lot. It's also not great for the environment. I mean, they have to go to the bathroom somewhere. You know, but I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say is, yes, because if you fix, think about it, they can't reproduce. The population over time will automatically die down, so to speak. Well, where is it? I want to talk numbers when we come back too. I want to know where it all starts. Is it like somebody just releases their animal they didn't want into? I mean, like, I don't. It happens. This isn't, you know, we're not going going back to Genesis here and like what happened in the beginning. But like, (laughs) I want to talk about that. And when we come back and I also. Tina, if you could, and Valerie, obviously, you know, you know, this information also is the numbers. Let's talk about how, what, what we're actually looking at. And, and if you can even compare that to squirrels. I mean, I see squirrels in my neighborhood, you know, but I, I wonder comparatively, are there as many cats as there? Are there much more cats than there are squirrels? I don't know, Tina. I don't, I, I see I'm confusing everybody, but I don't, I'm curious. No, it's okay. Stats are fun. I like that. All right. So when we come back, professionals and animal lovers show, we're going to be talking statistics about what how many animals are out there and how many need our help it's tina traster valerie heffron and your buddy tommy d pals right back howdy i am joseph franklin mcelroy host of the new podcast gateway to the smokies it airs on talkradio.nyc every tuesday night from 6 p.m to 7 
Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Pals, and uh, want to just uh, Val. I showed a picture during the break. You know, for those of you checking in on Facebook, I shared this. Yeah. Screen. And uh, I don't know if you caught that, but it was yep. at least in front of a cruiser out in uh, Long Island. What was that? You shared that with me earlier today. What was that? What was that picture about? That was just a display to show how above and beyond um, the at that time the uh, political figures that be uh, that were in the town of Hempstead went to went through. They showed up with police cars, armed people. They made a real stance in front of the gate, even though, again, <laughs> that landfill was open to the public for decades. Um, and not only that, I should mention that they also tried to tow people's cars. Like there was a very public parking lot across the street with like a Pet Supplies Plus and everything. And they sent tow trucks around and they warned us, if you park here, we have to tow you that's town orders they didn't even you know want us to have our voices shown or heard at this protest um really a a despicable display but hey it helped us get that uh prior politician out the saddest part about her documentary in my humble opinion is that the new person who came in promised to help with this situation and reunite this guy stanley with his cats and everything and uh she she blew everybody off. Um, anyway, well, I, happened. so so I have a bunch more questions for. for oh, we got her out too. By the way, I should let you know. You just so look. <laughs> I don't. Here's my bigger question. Aside from the statistics, and I have a quick comment I want to make before we dive back in. But I don't understand why this is political. I'm gonna be naive, Nikki, up here in the attic. I don't get it. Like, are we serious? Like, you know, I understand politics to some extent, but like, are we really worried about like? We're going to fight over cats. Like, yeah, why, exactly. don't you, like, why don't you just let these people go help the cats? You guys can answer that in a second. I do want to make a quick shout out. Uh, we are a community of hosts here on, on the network on talkradio.nyc. Our buddy, our pal on the other side of the glass, Sam Leibowitz, made me a quick note here. Our friend uh, and, and other host here on the on the show, Kevin Barbaro, has talked about Rocky's Rescue, which is uh, which is a cat rescue. Um, Kevin has a show here on the network called Coffee Talk XL. And it's here on the network 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. 
And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rocky's Rescue, but there's so many organizations out there, I'm sure, that, that are trying to do this good work. So let's talk to me again. Fill me in, Tina. Fill me in, Val. I mean, statistics. Yeah, so let me, let me, let me, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, a, of an overview here. Um, I have no idea how many squirrels there are, but the, the ASPCA says that there are as many ferals as there are domesticated cats, and they put that number around 90 million. It, that's, um, in, that's in the U.S. That's the number that's used. That's the number that's you know that that's kind of widely quoted. And, and I mean, we know up. we know not to be silly. They're not taking a census. We understand that it's some sort of estimate based on what they can figure out. Well, it's funny you say that about census because be, well because in in certain cities that have taken TNR very seriously, um, one of the things that they do is they do take a census and they know where the colonies are, so they track them. So census work actually does work. Let me try to segue, though, into your other question, which is it's a really good question. Like, like, why can't everybody just get on board with this? And why? Why is it political? It wouldn't it seems counterintuitive, right? Okay. well, this is this is what what I've learned, both from making the film and from my own dive into activism on this front. (laughs) First of all. Just like my man on the street uh, that comes from a, where there's a lack of understanding about the whole matrix of feral cats and where they fit in um, to, to the responsibilities of a community, this is not only the lowest hanging fruit, but it is something that politicians um, don't want to deal with. And when these situations arise or they... Um, you know, they, they flame up over a particular situation in a town. Um, they largely think that it is the stereotypical crazy cat lady who comes to complain about this. And politicians don't seem to um, recognize that, that there's, a, that, you know, that their constituencies may very much be uh, made up of, of people who care about animals, as was learned in Hempstead. Um, yes. Yes. The, the you know the Hempstead story is really a political drama um, of of Stanley's um, pain and how he redirected it and how he helped get the supervisor ousted, um, helped bring in a new one who who also turned out to be disappointing. But there's a scene in the film, and not to give too much away, where you know Stanley says that he's he's in the um, what does he say the spin cycle. You know, where he just feels like it, like he, unfortunately, unlike two of the other two stories, his story does leave us with, with the most sense of hopelessness. Now, here's the thing, okay? If, if you can't get traction from the town supervisor, from the village mayor, from, or even from a state governor, strictly on the basis of this being a humanitarian issue, the truth of it is, is that Good activism, the the opportunity for good activism when it comes to TNR and the feral cat problem is actually to frame it and and couch it as a fiscal issue. So let me let me give you just a quick snapshot on what I'm talking about. (laughs) Okay, so you have to understand the whole um, ecosystem of, of how towns deal with their animals. So typically there is a there's a there's a shelter. Shelters are, as we know, they're overcrowded, they're, they're dilapidated. Shelters in and of themselves in many towns like yours, Valerie, like mine, that they then in and of themselves are a problem. But unfortunately, they also have to be part of the solution to make TNR work, as do the animal control officers who have to be enlightened about TNR, as does the um, activists who have to be sophisticated enough to work with the town officials. As does, you know, what you need is buy-in from the population to solve this problem uh, kind of universally, um, town by town. But for town supervisors or people who are dealing with the fiscal side, okay, is what the question becomes, what is the best way to use tax dollars here? If you put it into neutering and spaying, which is pennies, Okay, for any expenditure, it is it is it is pocket change. 
you reduce the populations in shelters, you reduce the problem on the ground, and you, um, you know, t take away the need for um, any kind of, um, of euthanizing cats, which, which most people do not have an appetite for. So what town mayors and, and supervisors understand is that they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They don't want to. They don't want to be the people who have blessed uh, mass euthanasia, and <laughs> ferals, by and large, don't don't survive in shelters because they're not adoptable. So smart, um, you know, smart town leaders, smart uh, municipal leaders, when they look, if if they're presented with you know the numbers. They will understand that the small investment to back TNR, to get low-cost uh, spay-neuter done, is actually a very smart fiscal decision. Because in many towns like my own, it is in fact the town that is supporting the shelter. And you should also interject on this just because I'm so well-versed now after four and a half years of attending board meetings, watching every single board meeting, having rapport with some elected, fish, elected officials there, both prior and present. Um, it's money, Tommy, in, in my humble opinion. Uh, and the town we're talking about that Stanley Lombardo was from, it's, it's political because they have a five and a half million dollar shelter. There, that's annual budget. Okay. This is not a little rinky dink shelter. Five and a half million dollar annual budget, four and a half million goes to payroll. Okay, it's not going to the animals. And let me make this case also. When Stanley Lombardo had this political falling out, he had it with the then supervisor who he was like a right-hand guy to. He was involved with this guy. He, he was part of the same political campaign. They lived like two blocks away from each other. They went to all of their weekly you know, mandatory club club meetings and all of this. He helped him get elected. He helped him get reelected. He sold tickets to his fundraisers. Stanley did this. So when they had, yes. And so that, that was political, definitely. But even if it wasn't that, politicians, they use things like shelters to give jobs to their political friends and family. That is a fact. Instead of the jobs going to people who love animals, people who have certifications to care for animals, people who, you know, are truly qualified experts, they give it to, you know, their, their receptionist. Cronies. Correct. Cronism. Yes. And that is one of the reasons we got behind uh, then opponent, uh, then the opponent, because she called it out. She stood in front of the shelter. She talked about abuse, patronage hires. And then when she got elected, it turned out she was just using the animal vote to get elected because animal lovers don't care about party lines, you know, and that that was a true horror show once she got elected. Um, but guess what? Her opponent, when he was on his campaign trail, did the same exact thing. And then he won. And guess what's going to happen this November? <laughs> it's well, absurd. So. So it, it sounds like the, the shelter is, you know, it's part of the whole structure. And especially with that kind of, you know, the dollars you're talking about right there. Big money. Your earlier point there, Tina, is we eliminate the need for the shelter. But honestly, it sounds like that's not good for insert county name. You know, that's not good for that community because it's jobs and whatnot. Right. So there might be a whole. Yeah. yeah until you have a shelter like the one up here in Rockland County, High Tour. Where that is literally imploding, uh, that has recently had the DA um, rate it um, for, for something. I, I nobody even quite just imploding, it. imploding because they have such massive uh, animals in there, they don't have the, the, the capacity. Yeah, they can't manage, they can't manage the load, and uh. and controlling the feral population is one piece of making the animal eco, um, you know, uh, ecosphere um, more manageable, which is why in, in places where this works, everybody is working together. Rest right. We're going to, 
Yeah, we're we're going to revisit that. We've got to go to break. So when we come back, though, let's. I want to know where it works because obviously you you have experience where it is happening. Yeah. And it is working. So yeah, let's talk about that. Val, take us away. Okay, we're going to go to break. This is the Pal Show. How's that? <laughs> hey, everybody! It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Okay, that's my awesome theme song, Hours, sorry. Um, we are back, and I just want to revisit this one issue for one second. I, we're talking about, um, you know, political uh, intricacies of animal welfare, but regarding shelters, I mean, look, you bring in the experts as opposed to giving out, you know, political favors for, for important, crucial jobs. I'm not talking about secretary. I'm talking about the people that interact with the animals. Um, you'll see a world of difference. And I'll give you one example. This woman, young lady, 22 years old, law student from Hofstra. She, she learned recently within the last two years or so about TNR and trapping. And she personally did 90 cats and kittens last year. Plus she fosters and helps them get adopted. So if she can, what's one person? And Tommy, you want to talk stats? I mean, look, one female cat can start reproducing as early as four to six months. And they about have, age, four to six months of age. Correct. And wow. they can have anywhere from two to, let's say, eight kittens. <laughs> the average litter is probably around five. But they can have three to four litters a year. And how many baby girls are they having that, that it's exponential. Oh, right. They could have five a pop and then that could happen three to four times a year. Yeah. That's one cat. That's like, that could be 20. That's like, correct. And, right. And then, and then think about that. Okay. Then the, the 25 cats that they produce. Okay. Reach an age of six, six months to a year. And then the cycle is goes right. I don't even know what, what they shouldn't be saying about rabbits. It sounds like that, that <laughs> joke is more about cats. It is. It really is. Because that's the whole problem with cats in the wild. Is yeah. If they go unchecked, right. they, they reproduce. You're going to have a big problem very quickly. I experienced this in my own backyard. There was a mother cat. We tried to trap her. I'm not a very good trapper. <laughs> we tried to trap her on our own. She had um, two well, she had two kittens that we saw that survived. Who knows? That's another thing. You really don't want, you know, these kittens in your backyard. They're subject to attacks from raccoons. Oh. You know, they'll get hit by a car. They hide under your hood in the winters. Um, anyway. Under the hood. Yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. go into the tailpipes. Oh. Yeah, and a lot of them are often killed because somebody turns on the car and they don't know that there's an animal in there. Yeah. Oh. 
It's horrible. So, so we want to get them off the streets. We want to solve the problem. And, you know, that's that one cat in my backyard ended up getting pregnant again. Then we finally caught her. But during that time that we were trying to catch her, we ended up catching like 12 to 14 other cats and kittens and a raccoon. And it was absurd. My whole neighborhood was you know, had a problem. But uh, Tina, before we forget, I do want to, I know you wanted to highlight a few, uh, a couple of different uh, rescues. Yeah. I mean, the the, fr- the frustrating thing is that, um, is that it's, it seems so difficult to elevate this into a national conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, Curtis Sliwa, if you're listening to this broadcast, you're running for mayor of New York City. Uh, I know that you love cats. In fact, I met you at cat camp many years ago. When we talked about cats um, <laughs> and we both grew up in Canarsie. So Curtis, we need a big voice. We need a person with a big megaphone. You know, we, we, yeah. we've, we've screened, uh, we've done about 10 film festivals so far, maybe, maybe a dozen. And uh, <laughs> we did one recently down in New Hope, Pennsylvania. And as always, the audience was filled with, you know, gray-haired people who've been doing this, who understand. There were maybe 30, maybe 40 people that Monday night. But there was one young woman there who was 22. And she was um, sitting behind my husband, who was who was in the audience uh, watching the film. And she was weeping through a lot of the, 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 um, the film. And when it was over, 22 years old, she said... I'm going to start volunteering in a, in a shelter, an animal shelter. The, the problem that we have is with this issue is that we have not been able to elevate this into a national conversation. The younger generation, our very woke generation uh, that is so hell-bent on, on fixing the problems of the world, um, this, this problem's not on their radar. And I would say that, that you know, what I've learned in the last five years is this is the disconnect because if until we can get a younger generation to do what they do so well, which is make things go viral, make things hip, make things woke, make things important, make, you know, um, um, highlight the things that are important in a way that, that our generation, we have limited tools compared to, to that generation. Why do you think it's not as attractive to younger people, why have you not been able? And again, this isn't Tina's problem. This is a whole global situation. Well, young, young. For one thing, okay. So younger people are generally, unless they've got a, a parent or somebody who they know who's taking care of ferals, they're living at home. They're living at college. They're, they're, you know, again, they're just they're, they don't see them. Right. They don't see this problem, and it's just not on their radar. And when, when you know, what they do see are, you know. You know, cat, they see cat videos and they see all this cool stuff the around cute cat stuff, huh? The cute stuff, the cute stuff, but they don't see this underbelly. And it's just, it's, it's like we need a network of ambassadors, or we need, you know, celebrities. I need Ellen DeGeneres, who's also an animal lover, if she's still on TV, I don't know. But, but you need the big voices to take this as seriously as as we do so many other issues. Well, yeah, and- Ricky Gervais. Um, well, you know, yeah. look, I have a few thoughts on this. and I definitely will will sidebar with you on it. Um, but I also I, I will say I really wholeheartedly do believe that if that younger generation did understand and have the awareness that they would care and they would uh, attempt change as well. So so I, let I, me let me ask you. Sorry to cut you off because we're running out of time already, gang. I just want to ask you this real quick because um, I, I would love to. Look, you're part of our community now, Tina. This is just one show one day, but this doesn't go away. So we can always come back to these things and and, and talk and figure out how to fix this. But are there anybody, any organizations, either Valerie from your experience on Long Island or in Rockland that we should call out? Because if yeah. I go outside, if I run to the supermarket yeah. in my neighborhood and I see a bunch of cats, who do I call? What do you do? <laughs> what do, I, what well, do I do? Okay, so, so, so here's the thing. I am going to give a shout out to three organizations um, because one they, minute each because we have to sorry we have to okay yeah I'm going to give a shout out to three organizations but the answer to that question is is that you have to generally find a local rescue group that's doing TNR to to, to seek help um, I want to just give a call out to Calling All Cats Sanctuary down in in southern New Jersey uh, which took the the, um, the boardwalk cats in they took in 60 cats and have given them a life better than they ever could have imagined 
I also want to give a shout out to Friends of Felines of Wichita, Kansas, uh, that helped us understand the problem out there in Kansas and that has been supportive of the film and that does great work. And I want to give a call because this is closest to my heart to um, a local group here called Four Legs Good, um, which is an organization that um, is kind of a, uh, started sort of ragtag, but it's really been building itself and it is so dedicated. And in the, in the, the, the case of Four Legs Good is that it is an army of young people who are, you know, um, ensconced in the animal world and who have so much dedication and so much grit and one at a time, 10 at a time, they have been rescuing the ferals. They have been, um, uh, foster, getting fosters for the ferals and, and they've been adopting. So it's the whole, chain that's needed you can't have any of these in a vacuum they it's a right. it's like a necklace it it's a network to, it's a network it so, all has to work together right uh so tom and misa if that ever happens to you i would recommend tlc they're located in long island tender loving cats i could put you also in touch with someone actually i believe one of them is going to be one of our guests coming up speaking of coming up guests next week is wonderful attorney heather maltby located in St. Augustine, Florida. She's a trust and estates lawyer, and she single-handedly fostered throughout COVID over 40 cats and kittens and got them all adopted. She is a diva in this world. I know we're not going to curse, but that's badass if you ask me about. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, And I got to meet a couple of them, completely adorable. But anyway, so Tommy and me, so um, why don't you take us out? And Tina, thank you for everything. Tina, before we go, Tina, where do... So if, we, if somebody wants to see the film, find out about the film, where do they go? Okay, so we're, we're playing on Amazon and Apple and um, Tubi, a bunch of platforms. Visit our site, www.catnipnation.com. You can buy a DVD um, if you're not one of the first 10 to, to click. And um, you can send us a message. And uh, But Amazon, Amazon, it's it, the film's on Amazon. Thank you. Thank you, Tina, for being here. Tina, listen, you're part of our community now. Stay with us. Follow Facebook, the whole thing. We'll keep this conversation going. That's what Valerie and I are here to create this platform. Curtis Sliwa, we need you. Apparently, Curtis Sliwa, we need you. I need one of those red berets you rock out. <laughs> so, so I'll get you. If you get on the show, I get a red beret. That's the deal. All right, listen. Follow <laughs> us. You know, pals, professionals, and I'm a lover show. Each Wednesday, we're here at 2 p.m. And then follow us on Facebook. Follow us on uh, Instagram. Uh, TikTok coming soon. We got a YouTube page. Just listen. If you're looking for Valerie and I, it's Jovi, J-O-V-I at P-A-L-show.com. That's a shout out to our boy, Jovi. Tina, we appreciate you. We appreciate all the hard work you're doing. And I look forward to connecting again. Val, make it a great day. Everybody, we'll see you, you soon. Too. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Thank you. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.